Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Monday, Tuesday, home. Mike Shope. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> and the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Guess what today is? It's Hump Day. Woohoo! On WGR. Hump Day. Sports Radio 550. Hi there. Love Combine Week. This was another one where. I've really changed. I'm not sure it's for the better. I could think of a couple of things where I would definitely say for the better and others not, but having the level of interest that I have in life in things like the NFL Combine be much greater than it used to be when I used to look down on it. In one sense, it feels kind of lonely, but in another, it feels like more free and, you know, sure, if, if this is your thing, great. And I like a lot about it. I like how newsy it is. You know, today... You've got most teams even maybe telling you something about their plans or like right there, Zach Wilson, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Sneed of the Chiefs, MVS, lots of stuff comes out of the Combine, and I certainly uh, love stuff. So we will focus on that a lot today. Sal will be on it for Chris Trapasso, who will make again this year weekly visits to our show to talk about the draft, uh, of course, connected. That'll that'll be today at uh, 5. Bulldog is out. Hope to have him back tomorrow, which is a little, I don't know, not good, of course, but we lost Chuck Dickerson. And as you may know, I worked with him. In fact, where I am sitting right now, like, he would sit right across from me, like, five feet away. I could, we could shake hands. If I, you know, if you wanted to, he didn't always, uh, it wasn't always the type to want to do that, but you know, neither am I, um, we could, we could shake hands from where he would sit and I would sit in this room. And in no way is this depressing, by the way, uh, that would have been in 2002. It was only, I think like not even six months, but Chuck died. I got the news last night and maybe you knew this. Some of you are probably too young to know who he is. Um, he was many things. <laughs> he he was uh, an absolute 
megastar in this job. Like, he redefined it. Even, like, on, on a national level, Chuck, who had just come off being a Bills assistant coach, a life in football, got into radio. And, I mean, I, I don't need to tell anybody who used to listen to him just how original he was and controversial uh, he could be. I got to know him, of course. We worked together every day uh, pretty well. We never – I'm just going to – I don't know why I want to say this because I want everybody to always assume this from me. But everything I'm going to tell you today is completely genuine, the way I remember it, real. It's 20 years or more, and I'm going to remember – everybody would remember things a little bit differently after that amount of time. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about Chuck in, in many years. But um, otherwise, like I, I want to talk about him and that experience um, and give you, those, especially those of you who were fans of his, um, a window here, like the, most of the first hour, to, uh, to remember Chuck. Coach, um, this, is, this is really interesting to me because, again, it's been a long time since I've really thought about those days. Um, but a, a few, a few memories. And, and I remember him very fondly. Like we could not have been more different. I think that was the point. <laughs> that, that was the point of having us team up that we could not have been more different. Like he, he was a Marine. I was a mathlete. <laughs> I just, like, we could not have been more different. He was kind of like my grandpa to me at, in, in certain ways. Like he, he would, when we would be together, uh, like we would talk an hour or two before every show, every day. And a lot of that conversation would not, would be about life. It would not be about, uh, you know, the, that week's Bills game or something. And very little ever was about doing radio because we just had such different styles. I was very young then. And I learned a lot from him though. Um, how he interacted with people was really, I was always really impressed with that. Like he had a, such a way, this is something that I've never been, you know, as I see, think of myself good at, but just very comfortable around people he didn't know and welcoming, you know, big teddy bear type, big guy. And um, he had so many fans. And I would tell you, I was always kind of jealous of that. Like he just built this huge following in Buffalo. He was as big as it gets in the city. And so WGR called me away from my then employer at Adelphia. I was competing with Chuck afternoons in Buffalo, and I wanted to work at ESPN. And, and my, I liked many things about my other job, and I liked many things about this opportunity, but it was very hard for me because I was giving up um, certain you know, goodwill. I mean, Chuck had legions of fans, but he also had many critics who thought he was, you know, unfair to the bills and uh, just went too far. And I think I had some early success because I was just not here for that or maybe kind of afraid to do it, you know, like that he had, he had a status already where as an assistant coach, if he was going to be good at communicating, which of course he was, you know, he, he was already sort of, he had a, he would have had a, I say would have, he would have had a, um, amount of freedom there that, you know, Hey, and he's much older. He was 30, I think he was 86 when he died. So he would be 34 older. He was 34 years older than me. 
you know, just different stage of life. I'm trying to make it. And, you know, I would, I was liking what I was doing, but I wasn't really like taking many chances. And I mean, Chuck was all about that. So I, I wanted to work at ESPN. This was a, a way to, to get there uh, because WGR said, you know, that, that was where ESPN radio was. And, you know, that was something I certainly could pursue. They had already tried to get me and I was, you know, prohibited from doing it because it was the competition, which I understood. I didn't agree with it, but I understood it. So I come over here I, you know, <laughs> uh, it was kind of a controversial move. And now it was like this cognitive dissonance was going to happen because you know how I am, maybe. And Chuck was just like the complete opposite, you know, stage of life, style, every, everything. And, um, you know, how, so how was this going to go? And Tim Wenger, who's still here, uh, oversees the whole uh, cluster of radio stations here at Odyssey in Buffalo, had... Chuck and myself over to his house. That's where we met. It was maybe a week before we were starting to, to do our show together. And I had never met him. I had seen him once, and it's my favorite Chuck story, but I'm going to save it. So I had met him for the first time, and Tim and Greg Reed then, who was with us, um, were both telling me he's, he's, he's totally up for this. You know, he he doesn't... Maybe he wants to have a little bit less work to do and he's ready to have a partner and he knows who you are. And like, they're telling me all this, like, you know, Chuck is excited to work with you. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm barely meeting these people. Like, I don't know just what to believe. And he was kind of already kind of a legend. So I was there first. He showed up in the driveway, get up, shake hands, big bear hug from Chuck, right? I'm never a hugger. And like, okay, <laughs> this is my new, this is my new professional life. I was 30. And, um, you know, he was just, he was just great. As far as he welcoming me and um, giving me room to do what I wanted to do in here. Uh, anyway, there, there were a couple of times when he got hot at me. <laughs> there were a couple times that I remember very well where I was a little bit, you know, shaken by it. Um, I didn't cower to him, but he had a temper and he let me know it a couple of times. I remember two examples. One was, so there's kind of a famous Bills game from 2002. That was our season working together. It was a very interesting season. The Bills lit up the scoreboard for most of the first two thirds of the season. And then they, then they kind of cooled off, but I think they went nine and seven. It was Bledsoe's first year and it was a very exciting season. So a great season for us to be working together. And at, at week two, they went, they went to Minnesota. They lost to the jets in week one in overtime. What a season this was. They, they, they win in Minnesota, Mike Hollis off the crossbar banks it in for a field goal in overtime, win a high scoring game. I remember we we sat down like we always would in his office the next day. And there must have been, I don't remember the situation, but there must have been some decision <laughs> which I came to sort of make my kind of pet topic fourth down. And there must have been uh, some decision that was made in this game and we, we he disagreed, went back and forth on it. You know, basically, just for the purposes of we're going to talk about this 
later, and I think I said something like, well, this is this is where I get into trouble. I, I said something like, well, you'd have to do this, though. And he pounded his fist on his on his desk, and he's like, don't tell me what you have to do. You, It's a decision. It's a choice. Don't tell me how it works. And he got up, and I'm just sort of, I just did it. But falling back in my chair, like, okay, you're right. You're right. I mean, I felt I was right about what I was saying, but, you you know, I get in trouble with the words sometimes. So um, I remember that, like, I was just, like, a little bit afraid. And because we were still pretty new. And then there was another time when, like, so Chuck, would he would take liberties. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of you remember all of this, you know, maybe even better than me, because I, I wasn't really a listener of his before I got to work with him at all. Uh, but he would take liberties uh, with some of the people, like Marv Levy, Tom Donahoe, and, you know, probably Darcy, you know, like he would, he would push hard to the point where, like, nobody wanted to work with like the, the, they cut off access. When I got here, I had become pretty close with Donahoe. And I got here and Donahoe and Darcy both, Darcy Regeer both said, "No, that's done. <laughs> like you're over there now. That's that's done." I had them together in in a on, for a little forum that I put together at my old place that I was really excited about. Like this was really cool stuff talking to the two general managers about how their jobs are the same and different. And then I came over here. I'm like, you know, that's not going to, this is going to be different now. Like they're not even going to talk to me. And so Chuck would call Donahoe Donahue to be, you know, to tweak him. And I'm, this is surreal because I was sitting literally right. I feel like maybe the chairs were different. The carpet definitely is not different. I'm not sure this carpet came up in 2002, like it has for the last decade or so, right under my feet. But I'm, I'm sitting right here, and it was the first segment of the show, just like this. And the Bills probably had done something he didn't like. Maybe they'd lost a couple games, and he went into his Donahue thing to make fun of Donahoe. I'm like, I said something like, don't do that. Come on. Let's get the name right, at least. On the air. Like, I was starting to feel, feel a little bit, you know, more confident, I guess. And... We went right to commercial. I think I was the one taking us in and out of that show. I'm not even sure. But went right to commercial, and he was furious. He's like, don't show me up like that. Don't. I mean, just he was. He also, just like the other story, I feel like, you know, he was probably right. Um, But I didn't really want that. You know, I don't think you need that. So, again, obviously, anybody who ever listened to us, very different approaches and um and and philosophies about all this the story and i i remember telling him there's probably at tim's house that first meeting uh telling him about this and he never minded it like he he laughed at this because it's him the the first and only time i'd ever seen him chuck dickerson before we met that day to start working together in 2002 was on Radio Row the previous year in New Orleans. And that was my first year, right? So, like, I'm sort of blown away. I'm actually at this. And that year, I don't know why, maybe because my station was sort of brand new. I don't know why it would have been in WGR's case, but 
they put us both upstairs. Like the, the radio row, it's just, as you can probably have seen or could imagine, it's just rows of radio stations, you know, in, in, lined up in a huge convention center, all broadcasting to their their home cities. That's how it was every other year. Chuck and I went together. It's one of the last shows we ever did. Would have been the Super Bowl uh, the week before Oakland and Tampa Bay in San Diego. And remember, I remember very well the guests we had that week, and it was really fun. the The year before that, we were adversaries. I don't even know if he knew who I was, but I certainly knew who he was. And I was watching him all the time. We we were both upstairs. I don't know that there were any other radio stations up there. It was across. I was like right across from the media lounge, and it was like. You know, just it was just teasing me because I didn't really have that many people that I'd met before, or had contacts with. But then you'd see like Bradshaw and these other people just sort of walking around right like 10 feet away. And I, I'm there by myself. Like I just sort of was looking at it. Chuck would have been maybe 100 feet or more down to the right. He, I could see him the whole time. Uh, we never I never introduced myself to him. I was sort of, you know, just not interested in that. I'm trying to beat him. And he's down there for some reason upstairs, but he was loud. And I was always worried that his show, our main competition, was going to bleed into mine. Like it was just so, he, he was so loud. But, you know, in a Chuck way, like that was just all, all totally him. And so here's the story. I think I've told this on the air a couple times, but I haven't even thought about it in many years. I think it's amazing. So, so Chuck was a Bills assistant coach. He was notorious for comments he made before the Super Bowl against Washington that, you know, you, everybody can sort of take this for what it's worth. But, but the story goes, it fired up. He made fun of their linemen and the hogs and motivated Washington, and Washington dominated the game. And some have held their loss against him and whatever. So he gets fired, goes into radio, and took shots at Levy. Like, just, you know... Of course, <laughs> that was very much his brand, was to rip Marv Levy. And Levy is the Bills coach for five or six more years after that. By 2001, he's been retired for a few years. So I doubt, I wasn't a listener, I doubt Chuck was spending much time ripping Marv Levy anymore. But um, anyway, that's how that's one thing I knew about him and his show, is that you know he, was, he would be very tough on certain people. And so anyway... One one day that week at, at the Super Bowl, I'm in a commercial. So is he. The clocks are always the same at all these stations, pretty much. So we're both in commercial, and I'm just sort of doing what I was always doing, getting up, getting a bottle of water, looking down at him, see what's going on. He would have guests. Oh, that's pretty cool. They've got you know these good guests. Uh, in, in this case, I told you how the I was right across from the lounge. He's just sitting there during a break, and here comes Marv up the escalator beyond where he was seated and he's going to make the walk past Chuck and then eventually to where I am. He doesn't know me. I don't think I, I, I knew Marv a little bit, but I don't think he would have recognized me probably. Anyway, it doesn't, that's not the point would have just sort of fell into that lounge across the way if that's where he was going. And so I'm, I see Marv coming up the escalator. I'm like, oh. and I look at Chuck and then I look at Marv and he starts to walk toward me and Chuck gets, I look back at Chuck, he gets up out of his chair and just sort of like a, hey, toward Marv Levy, right? Like they've, they're, they're, 
best friends who've been separated for years. Just the biggest, friendliest, hey, Marv, something like that. And Levy turns to him and gives it right back to him and walks directly to Chuck. And they shook hands, if not embraced. Like it was just this, you know, they're shaking hands, but you're patting the other guy on the shoulder with the other hand. It's sort of, it was like that. And it just, it just blew my mind that all of that had been said and, and, um, was so much a part of his identity. Maybe if I'm, if I'm not overstating that, uh, on the air. And then there was an encounter that I just happened to witness. And there couldn't have been many of these the way it looked. And we're in New Orleans and they were just like best friends. And they talked for several minutes, you know, it seemed very cordial. I couldn't hear the conversation, but I just, I sat there going, trying to make sense of it. You know, I was just trying to make sense of it. But that's my favorite uh, Chuck Dickerson story was even before I met him, I just was sort of like in, in disbelief about this moment he had with Marv. But, you know, like that can make you think, you know, if you're in broadcasting or any any job, I guess, it can make you think like, okay, well, what's real, right? I mean, this is show business, and, and Chuck was a master in that in that way. Like, just, he, he would have callers who were kind of characters, and that wasn't sort of my style either, so <laughs> that was also a transition. Just, um, he, he was fun, and he was really good at this. No matter what anybody who was critical of kind of how far he would take things would say about him, he had a, just a genius sort of feel for how to do this, how to attract an audience, how to challenge them or, you know, be challenged, whatever, whatever. He was just really, really good at it. And then by the next year, he was gone. Um When I started, I was told, like, it was sort of getting close to the end for him and um, ended up that I didn't ever work with him again after the the week in San Diego, the following year from that story in uh, New Orleans. I always liked when I could impress him with something. And usually my easiest way of doing that was with my recall. Like, I could remember one time, again, sitting right here, he was trying to think of a certain player and... You know, I was a kid. I collected cards and read magazines and, you know, of course, also watched games when I could. So I I knew a lot of names that really didn't mean anything to me. But he started to describe this one player. I'm like, oh, Doug English. Like a defensive tackle from the Lions in the 70s. And Chuck was like, how the hell did you know that name? And I just loved when I could ever sort of impress him uh, for any reason, right? Because I always knew he wanted to go somewhere else. And he had to make room for me, and I will always be grateful for how uh, how well he how well he made me feel uh, doing that. I want to tell you too about um, how he's asking for donations to an animal shelter, and I just want to I'll give you when we come back among other things I'll give you that phone number. I want to honor him in that small way and any maybe any of his fans who are listening today who would like to uh join me in making a donation to chuck's charity here as he passed on uh will will want to know that information if anybody wants to remember him i'm totally that's where my head is uh today and the fact again the fact that this all happened right where i'm sitting right now 
like almost every day. Well, we went to car dealerships a lot, but other than those days, pretty much every time we interacted was sitting when I was sitting right here. Very sad. Remembering Chuck Dickerson. We'll talk to Sal Capaccio, Chris Trapasso as well today, 803-0550 to call in. Bulldog is out today. Hopefully he'll be back with me tomorrow. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.